Have you ever wondered what it's like for other people to go through a life event? Is it the same for them? Is it different? And how? My name is Dr. Nikkel Rogers-Webb. I'm a psychologist. I'm doing a podcast with my mom, Dr. Elsa Rogers, Dean of General Studies. And we're going to be talking to different people about what it's like to go through a single life event at the same time. Hi. Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to provide a couple of disclaimers. So today we're talking about babies and the now what of the pregnancy and post-pregnancy experience. So our guest has done a lot of her own personal research about skin and the changes to your body when you're pregnant, but please know that our conversation is not a medical recommendation and it is not medical advice. So if you'd like information or guidance on these topics, please do consult with your medical provider. The second is that we talk about the physical changes that occur during and post-pregnancy. Please know that we here at the At The Same Time podcast believe that all bodies are beautiful, no matter what happens to your body during or post-pregnancy, don't forget that you did something incredible. You brought new life into this world, and that deserves to be celebrated. So with that, let's start our show. Hi, everybody. This is another episode of At The Same Time. And this time, and those of you who have um, listened to our podcast before will know that um, Mom and I have a humongous family, and we have yet <laughs> another family member on with us. Um, Miss Marielle Desitage, she is an entrepreneur and a new mother. And so we're having her on because this season's about, you know, kind of the now what. And there is, in my opinion, probably no bigger a now what moment than becoming a parent. Um, so Marielle, just tell our listeners a little bit about you professionally, and then we'll kind of dive into all things motherhood, the the good, the bad, the ugly, the weird. <laughs> sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Marielle. I am an entrepreneur, um, marketing professional. So I do marketing consulting and I own a women's clothing store. So that's what I do right now professionally. I am a new mother of a two-month and two-day-old little girl who is nursing right now because, you know, that's how life goes. Um, so, yeah, that's me. Well, welcome. And thank you for coming on. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, your daughter's kind of here with us. So part of the reality of being a new mom is that there is going to be a baby there. So if you do hear baby noise, it's this beautiful new life that, that Mariel has. I think it's great to have the baby on simply because it lends credibility to what we are talking about. Unless I'm putting in baby noises in post-production. You know. <laughs> no, it's a real baby. It's a real baby. Well, um, I don't know, like, mom, did you have a question you wanted to start with? Or Marielle, did you have, I guess what I'm imagining is like, when the baby is there, what was yeah. your first thought? Because that changes yes. everything. Yes. Well, so I had a um, not so, well, it wasn't the worst birth experience ever. It definitely wasn't. But like I, um, I didn't dilate. So oh. I had to have an emergency C-section. 
but it wasn't like one of those like oh my god c-sections it was just like okay we've been at this for quite some time and you're still one centimeter um and your water bag has been broken for 10 12 hours at this point mm. so are we just gonna have to do surgery so like you know major surgery so you're worried about surgery you're worried about the baby and then because it was surgery i didn't do skin to skin or anything mm. they just showed me when she was purple she wasn't breathing yet or anything and they just whisked her off into another room so you know no first cries or anything like that so i was just when she showed up i was just like oh okay she's good all right good. <laughs> you know it, it was like the you know the, the thing you see on like old school TLCs, a baby story. Uh-huh. And, you know, the moms were like, oh, my God. And, you know, I imagine, because I'm a very... Hold on. I'm a very emotional person. So, you know, I expected that, you know, I'll be one of those moms that, like, uncontrollable tears when baby's born and they put the baby on your chest uh-huh. and whatever like it was just such a sigh of relief that there was none of that. <laughs> yeah, that must have been. Yeah. I mean, because I wonder, you probably your water broke, so you have in your head, this is a progression of things, and it sounds like it it didn't quite you know kind of evolve that way. That it was just no, about her being born healthy. Yeah, right. Tell me though, how long did it take for you to actually? have a physical contact with her well i was really hopped up on some drugs right mm-hmm. so i think i think it was about two hours mm-hmm. because she was born right around six thirty, and i don't think it was until after eight that they brought her in to me. Uh, and what was your first reaction you know mothers talk about this instant uh instant love and all of these things what was your first reaction when you saw her and you were able to hold her um yeah, I would say that, but I feel like that comes, and I know everybody's different, but for me, I think that came before she was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I actually dreamt, this is going to sound weird, well, actually for our family, it's not that weird, right? <laughs> I dreamt her when I was pregnant, and I dreamt that I had this baby, and she was um, like propped up on pillows on my bed, and I dreamt what she looked like. Wow. And when they brought her to me, I was like, I wonder if she looks like what I dreamt. And she does. That's the funny thing. Oh, wow. That's amazing. It is. Yeah. But tell me, did yeah. you know that you were having a girl? Because I had them tell me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted a girl. Uh-huh. And when I got pregnant, I kind of figured it was a girl. Uh-huh. But I figured because I wanted a girl, that's why I thought, like, oh, uh-huh. it's a girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't know if that was any real intuition or just you know mm-hmm. hoping yeah. but i had to, yeah I had the doctor tell me no i think so. i knew with my first like almost immediately and then with really? the second it took me a couple of months and then i settled into okay it's gonna be a boy and then one of the doctors said she and i remember walking out of the office and like almost in tears going oh my gosh it never occurred to me that it could be a girl um so i need to prepare myself and then it was a boy like yeah. i thought so mm-hmm. well i remember when uh when i was pregnant with nickel her dad mm-hmm. knew that i was having a girl and nickel 
um, she came out to be a girl, of course. And when I was pregnant with the second child, um, okay, you're going to have a boy, you're going to have a boy. But Nikhil, in her wisdom, said, no, you're gonna have, I'm going to have a sister. I'm going to have a sister. And up to the day, and Nikhil went and she saw her brother. Guess oh. what she would do? She would say, mommy, look at him, her. <laughs> she is crying. He, she, and she would not give up the she. I think, I think it took me three months. Look, I'm still burned up about this. I remember that day because our birthdays are like a day apart. So, yeah. 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 I, yeah. So, I remember being told by a family friend, your mommy had a boy. And I was like, oh, surely not. <laughs> So I wait till we get to the hospital and I remember seeing him for the first time and thinking, man, it is not a sister. (laughs) (sighs) But, you know, he's a pretty good brother, so. (laughs) So tell us a bit about Mothering 101, your first child, first day's home. What is that like? So, well, so she actually had jaundice because we have um, different, well, I mean, a lot of babies get jaundice, right? But mm. she had a ABO incompatibility because she's type A and I'm type O. Oh. So basically, like, you know, your white blood cells start to attack the red blood cells in, in her body, blah, blah, blah. So um, actually was in the hospital longer than I anticipated mm. um, because they wanted to get the jaundice to a much more reasonable level before letting us go home. So she was born on Friday. We didn't come home until Monday. Mm. So coming home was just like, finally, you know, finally mm. get to home. And then it's like, the, okay, well, I have a baby room set up. I have bassinet set up. I have everything set up. So it was just kind of like, getting into the swing of things I suppose uh-huh. and what I, was that like because like yeah. for me that's the now what it's like I had all the stuff right. but now there's the person and oh my gosh well it's kind of like for me it's kind of it's, people ask if it's surreal and and that's that doesn't quite capture it because it's surreal in moments hmm. like oh like like when you say my daughter that sounds strange to me hmm. but like when I talk to her, I'm always like, oh, mommy's coming. And that doesn't sound weird to me. Oh. So it's like a little weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but also, I think as much as it's surreal, it kind of feels like she's always been here in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know how to, I don't know how else to put it. It just kind of, I didn't have, and it's probably because I'm one of the younger ones in our generation. And this is the eighth grandchild in our family. And, you know, there are so many little cousins years of experience <laughs> with with some babies so i think i didn't have maybe the shock that some people have of the realities of dealing with a little baby that wasn't that much of a culture shock for me mm-hmm. um but the yeah but so like okay this is mine and i'm thankfully she's a good sleeper and stuff Ooh. so it's not um I haven't had like I, she's she's a pretty good sleeper, and I also have insomnia. So the combination makes it that I get pretty good sleep by my standards. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that that hasn't been terrible because most people say that's one of the worst things. Oh yes, 
she latched perfectly in the hospital, so I haven't had any issues with breastfeeding. So that also has been off the table. So really, it's just like multitasking is the hardest thing, you know? Talk about um, that. Like, what uh-huh. is it like you've got this baby? And for people who have, like, done it, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember. But for those who haven't, like, can you describe it? Well, it's, you have to, you start having to make trade-offs. It's like, okay, um, shower and let the baby scream or be dirty <laughs> and hold her, you know, because sometimes <laughs> nothing's wrong. She's fed, she's dry. She just wants to be mm-hmm. held. And it's like, well, I have other things to do, you know, little things like you gonna, like, I, I'd want her to get used to bottle feeding too. So I pump and give her a bottle. Right. But if you do that, and you have bottles mm-hmm. in the fridge, you have to warm the bottle, right? So, you know, I have all the little gadgets and mm-hmm. stuff. You have the bottle warmer. But you're holding a baby and dealing with something that's super hot. So you're like, okay, how do I, okay, I do tuck you over here on the right and push the door open of the cabinet that I have the bottle warmer in with my head and take it out with a towel and try to, like, <laughs> keep the hot water as far away from baby as possible. Is all those little things. And then, you know, trying to do stuff like this, you know, Zoom calls or whatever it is and just stuff like that, you know. Um, I With the store, I took a hiatus while I was pregnant, so I'm now um, kind of kicking things back off. We're still in lockdown, but I'm doing things online. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll be packing orders of clothes or whatever and, you know, she's there and, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. she likes the swing and sometimes she's not a fan. Yes, you know, yes. So she's she's there on my hip, or not really on my hip. She's not that big yet. Yeah, on my shoulder, and I'm trying <laughs> to like write labels. You know, yeah. I start to say, oh, maybe I can write with my left hand. You know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you're developing new skills, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everything's one-handed, right? <laughs> Everything is one-handed. Yeah. everything is one-handed i've become a champ at making oatmeal like the instant oatmeal packs with one hand mm-hmm. as it anything that surprised you though about being a new mom um nothing surprising just things that like make me chuckle so like every time i, I like change her or putting clothes on or taking clothes off mm-hmm. i always chuckle to myself and say um New mom lesson number one, stretch the clothes, not the baby. <laughs> because, you know, they don't they don't necessarily do what you need them to do to, like, get their arm into yes. Yes. something. Yes. <laughs> so you're like, all right, well, uh-huh. I, could always, I could always buy a new onesie. I can't buy a new baby. Right, exactly. <laughs> arm, exactly. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I have a whole nursery set up, and I was really... Um, against co-sleeping mm-hmm. um but having a c-section getting up and out of the bed to do nighttime changes mm-hmm. from the back of the bed mm-hmm. just was not the business like it i absolutely could not yeah so i have like a baby lounger kind of docker tots mm-hmm. imitation that i put on the bed with me so that it would be easy to get to her at night. And then once I got stitches out and all of that, and it felt a bit better, I started putting her in the bassinet. And she would sleep in the bassinet maybe, I don't know, 30 to 45 minute stretches, and then she'll be up and fussing. Versus sleeping on her little lounger on the bed. So I've kind of sort of 
become a co-sleeper. Yeah. But which totally is not I'm still I'm still not married to that. I'm still trying to get her out of bed. I'm not a fan of the whole thing. I'm curious. You said that um you're not a co-sleeper. I've read about and I'm known families who believe in the family bed, the co everybody co-sleeps. Um you said you're not a, f- a fan of that. Why? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it because I think, well, one, there are going to be times that you don't want your kid in your bed mm-hmm. and it's going to be really hard to explain why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's going to be hard to explain to a four-year-old, like, hey, I've been sleeping here all the time. Like, why all of a sudden I can't sleep in the bed? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, that's one. And two, I, I just am, like, paranoid about, like, SIDS or, you know. Mm-hmm. I generally don't move when I sleep, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm, like, knowing my luck, I'll roll over. Yeah. And, like, yeah you know, mm-hmm. suffocator or something. So, like, as much as I say we, like, she co-sleeps, I have, like, my body pillow is a divider. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and she's, like, on the other side and stuff like that. So I still do that. Yeah. And then I um, I have a whole nursery set up, which kind of is related to this, you know, because, you know, you have your vision of how you're going to be and whatever. Yeah. Um, and my rocking chair and my storybooks. And I've probably done that three times. Um, since she's been born, <laughs> I just maybe slept in the crib four times since she's been born at night. Like I'll put her in the crib in the day and it's fine, but uh-huh. at night she tends to wake up and she's like, "Where are you?" <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah. I figure. Well, I don't know when. I don't think no. We had a, we had cribs um, in our household and we slept in the cribs as as babies. Yeah. But the reality is, I think little kids come into your bed anyway, so. Uh-huh. It's kind of like give them their own space and not make your bed their space. You know what I mean? Like have that laundry. Because I remember being six, seven, maybe even eight and going into my parents' bed Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the middle of the night. Um, So I expect that that will happen too, even though they never like co-slept with us, you know? There is something about going into your parents' bed. It's nice and warm and cozy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's funny because um, my children, like, Mom, you live relatively close to me, like, within a couple of hours. So you're often with my kids, and they love sleeping in your room, like, on a uh, an air mattress, and then they get in your bed every morning. Yes, they do. <laughs> For a time, like... Oh my gosh. When my youngest, he somehow became an escape artist when he was around one and I would put him in his crib, turn around for like 30 seconds and he would magically be out and grinning at me on the floor. Wow. And he did this a couple of times. I'd still to this day don't know how he did it, but I realized, okay, he's got to sleep in a big boy bed. Right. But then for a good six months, he wouldn't stay in the room and mm-hmm. I would have to walk him back to his room three, four times a night. And I became like vigilant about sleep is like gold because my first didn't sleep at night. She was like, she actually described it for me this morning. as like a vampire. (laughs) Um, Like I watched every single event in the Olympics one year, like everything. Um, So I, for a long time was like, no one is in the bed. It is for sleeping. This is all I have left. And it's, <laughs> it's funny because it's mom, because they were with you and like used to like, Oh, we get to get in your bed. They would never come in here 
and they or they come to the dorm and be like, is it okay? And so I have felt so bad and so I've become much more like casual about it. And now like mm-hmm. they just walk on in, knock, 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 it's us and in they go. Uh-huh. And I think it's, it's, I'm glad they had you when I was like, don't touch my bed because I could not, I just, you know, three years of sleep deprivation, I just couldn't. Yeah. yeah, but Marielle is lucky in that at least she's not sleep deprived. She's an insomniac yeah. for one thing. Yeah, like if she, she goes to sleep, which is, this is bad. Like I, she quote unquote, I mean, she's still sleeping every few hours, right? So like. She technically goes to bed when I go to bed, mm-hmm. um, which is like 11, 12 at night. And then she doesn't get up until 4.35 to nurse. And mm-hmm. like, if I catch her quick enough, she doesn't even open her eyes. Oh, <laughs> she'll no. cry and I'll pick her up and nurse her and she'll go back to sleep. And then we'll sleep until seven or whatever. Nice. Um, so... And that's, it's been pretty much like that since the beginning. I, I feel like it's making a turn because she's showing signs of early teething. Oh. So it's probably, knock on wood, um, going to get a little bit harder here yes. in the, the next month. But, uh, but I've been blessed in that way. Yeah, you, because, you really have yeah. been. What's happening now? Is that what you kind of expected when you were pregnant? Was that, you know, that she was you know that, uh, that you know all these things about you know getting up okay uh her not wanting to necessarily sleep in the crib at night those kinds of things the multitasking and all of that is that the kind of um let's say a situation you thought it would be I did I did okay. um I expected it to be worse oh, <laughs> uh-huh. which is probably why I'm so chill about it because I expected like the worst and it's probably because i mean i have my sisters who have all have kids so i have that experience like seeing them go through whatever experiences they had with their newborns and then a good bit of my friends i mean i'm how old am i what year are we i'm 36 um so a lot of my friends have have kids mm-hmm. and i've seen that with their kids and stuff and you know one of my friends um had a really really bad time with breastfeeding so like I was like fully expecting like, oh, you know, like, let me get a nipple shield, you know, let me get all this thing uh-huh. because it's going to be wow. painful. It's going to suck so bad. Like it was so bad for her that she like stopped. Uh. She stopped, I think three months. Mm-hmm. Cause she was like, it was like affecting her mental health. It was that oh, much of a struggle. Yeah. So, um, I was expecting that, like, I I um, have a therapist that I that I see, but I kind of got the therapist on deck early because I was like, you know, I might I might be likely to have some postpartum depression, so let me get somebody and get this routine going now, so that if I do, I already have the support system in place for it. Like, and I haven't had any of those experiences, thank God. So. I've, I've really been blessed. I think I prepared for like the worst. <laughs> but I think that's really remarkable, like especially having like yeah. the therapist on board and also kudos to the people around you for like telling you the truth of what could yeah. happen because yeah, there's nothing worse than like waking up and being like, what fresh hell is this? Nobody told me. <laughs> 
That's true. I, I also was like a a super um you so I had I also I don't sleep well in general, but I had pregnancy insomnia. Mm. And what I did in those hours is I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Oh of like first night with a newborn, a day in the life with a newborn what they don't tell you when you're coming from the hospital. And like, actually a lot of that helped me too, because there's a lot of things about childbirth that people do not talk about. Okay. I want to know. Until I I watched those YouTube. So the funny thing is because I was really gung ho about natural, um, having a natural birth, like, not just not a C-section, not just vaginal birth, but like no medication. I, like that's what I wanted ultimately, right? So I was watching all these videos of people that were doing that and like whether I should get a doula or not and all this stuff. And I clicked on a video that was like postpartum recovery, what they don't tell you. <laughs> well, what was it? And it was talking about, you know, um, peri bottles that you need for like, going to pee or poop and not being able to wipe yourself, um, the reality of tearing. Um, That's when I discovered padsicles. Like, I'm like, what? You got to put witch hazel in a pad and put it in the freezer because your hoo-ha hurts that much? (laughs) (laughs) That was the like a company that actually makes um like ones that you can buy that you don't have to make they make you, you um, buy them and they have like a little thing in it that you crack and it makes the pad cold so it's like soothing on like your perineum and stuff it's just like wow my goodness see this is like the real stuff though so, like so tell us some more about what 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 <laughs> they never tell you i'm curious there was that i'm trying to think what else was in there um that was like what oh well i mean i i kind of knew this because i have close people like my sisters the the after the after the baby is born and like your body going Uh back you know the quote-unquote the snapback you know (laughs) and and or rather the lack thereof of snapback that was something that i kind of knew that, okay, your, your stomach doesn't go back immediately, obviously, and you will have a stomach for a while. Well, I have, how many sisters I have? Three sisters, two carried their own kids, and those two carried very differently, and their experiences post were very different. So I also had, you know, um, one sister who now I know definitely had diastasis recti, mm. you know, when your abs will separate mm-hmm. and relax. It's just that she didn't know it. And another who just pretty much, pretty much snapped back. Um, I have pretty much snapped back, but I also have diastasis recti, but I know what it is. Mm -hmm. So I've done the research on what exercises I need to do to make my abs fully come back together. Mm. Um, But those, like, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that the reason why people have a mom pooch was because their ab muscles separated and their organs were protruding. I thought it was, oh, well, your muscles get stretched out and yeah. they just 
can't go back to where they were. It's like, oh no, it's, that's not what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the funniest things about that for me is um, I've never had a very big stomach, but I've never had a super, super like defined abs, flat stomach either. Mm. But I am the queen of sucking in my belly. <laughs> I I can suck in my belly. And my core strength is so weak right now that sucking in my belly is like really, really hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the exercises um, are like, you know, you uh, exhale your belly button to your spine. And it's like... I'm exhaling my belly button to my spine and looking in the mirror and I'm like, nothing's moving. <laughs> nothing's happening. I don't know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you and I were texting and I was telling you like one of the, like there were many shocking things, but one of the mo- most surprising was like, nobody really told me what your body looked like after. So I'm looking at mm-hmm. myself in the shower, you know, two or three days after I got home from the hospital after my first. And I went, well, my stomach looks like a deflated balloon. Like it yeah. just like what is this? What happened? Yeah. Uh, and then and I didn't carry. I gained twenty two pounds the entire pregnancy, so I didn't gain a whole lot. Um, so I didn't. My I and my stomach was pretty big coming down at the end, but I don't think it stretched out as much as maybe some other people mm-hmm. do, and even with only 22 pounds and actually when I first came home from the hospital you know you kind of feel like jello like your stomach feels like it doesn't belong to you and it's just jello or or pizza dough like Mm -hmm. (laughs) really really fluffy pizza dough Um, and it started to go down pretty quickly and what was kind of um, weird for me was that I had no stretch marks during pregnancy that I can see Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then as my stomach started to go down, I was like, where do these stretch marks come from? <laughs> and now they're not very dark or anything, but I was just like, wait, you can get stretch marks after? And then I looked it up and I saw that, well, sometimes you have the stretch marks. It's just that you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And then the other is that um, breastfeeding can dehydrate you so much that your skin doesn't have the elasticity that it needs and therefore you end up with stretch marks from breastfeeding oh wow yeah and then i also learned to put some breast milk on it and it could help you potentially that's the thing (laughs) breast milk works for everything a little eczema on the baby's face like like you can use it for all kinds of stuff my friend just told me the other day that her niece had an eye infection and the Mm -hmm. pediatrician told them to to squirt breast milk in it by the way Dad, my dad is in the background eating a mango and he's here nodding like, yeah. <laughs> so except for breast milk, what else did you learn about the, that will help stretch marks? Oh, oh, I can tell you lots. Oh, you want to hear all the things? Right. Mm-hmm. You want to start from least invasive to most invasive. <laughs> um, so, so vitamin E, oil, of course. Well, first let's start internally. Stretch marks happen because, you know, your skin doesn't have proper elasticity. So you need to make sure that you're hydrated so your skin can be hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to make sure that you get enough collagen in your diet. So, um, I don't know, things like cow heel soup. Or you can just take a collagen supplement. <laughs> um, 
so that's internally uh, on mm-hmm. my skin. I actually used, um, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I started rubbing oil on my skin. I was using um, cocoa butter. Uh-huh. I used Boots Bees, Mama Bee, Belly Butter. And this other one, the brand is Belly with an I. And there's an extract in it from go-to cola nut that's supposed to be like magic for stretch marks and preventing stretch marks and helping skin elasticity so i religiously rub that on my stomach from the beginning every every after every shower and then Mm -hmm. when you you start to grow and your stomach might itch a little bit i would rub that oil on there you know so i did that and um bio oil is also very good um I think I said vitamin E already. So I think that covers mm-hmm. that stuff. So then the other thing that you can do post is um, derma rolling. You can do derma rolling, which is basically microneedling on your belly um, to encourage new production of collagen in your stomach, which mm-hmm. will help to um, get rid of the stretch marks. Um, to, to plus up that derma rolling, you could actually do the derma rolling, but um, use the collagen serums and vitamin E serums so that basically you're pushing it through the micro channels that you've created with the needles mm-hmm. into your skin. Um, that's probably the most invasive you could do yourself, even though I still think it's pretty scary to do that yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, you can go to a really good dermato- cosmetic dermatologist and get laser. <laughs> You really have done your research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the last one. You're right. But, you know, I wonder, though, some people never really pay attention to the stretch marks until after their kids are one, two years old. I wonder. If or I don't know, them. you know, eight or nine or ten. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you wait that long, though, except for the um, dermatologist, would there be another option? Yeah, I think the derma rolling is probably the only thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think the. I mean, I guess you could try with the oils and stuff, but it's like any scar, right? The longer you, mm-hmm. the, older the scar mm-hmm. is, the harder it is to see any um, improvement on it. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. Hmm. So, yeah. It's mind-boggling, though, how much yeah. your body, like, it's, I mean, almost a year, in fairness but so much changes in your body and some of it is permanent and you just have to kind of adjust because you had this person Mm -hmm. and we even have, you know, changes in our brain, like remembering things Mm -hmm. is more difficult. Like it's just, and then when they start to talk and like ask you for things, sometimes I'm like, just, you have to stop. I'm trying to remember Mm -hmm. the other six things I was trying to do for you first. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause it's just, you know, you can't hold it. Yeah, I I always had a bad memory anyway. <laughs> it just made it worse. Like I don't know. I sometimes I'm mid sentence and I'm like, what was I talking about? <laughs> like, and I know people say, oh, you know, it's like you have so much on your mind and stuff like that. That's what happened. And I'm like, sometimes I don't even feel like there's that much on my mind it's just like the thought came in and as fast as it came in it flew right back out exactly exactly so you must use your calendar quite a lot 
Yeah, I use the notes app on my phone and my calendar a lot. But it yeah. looks like you've been taking very good care of yourself. Yeah. You're blessed. You're blessed to have a baby Thank who you. sleeps most of the time. Oh my God. Hope she continues because I know that uh, a certain person who remained nameless had one of the chillest children around until that child until that chill child began to grow up, right? <laughs> and now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And now that child is. Who are you talking about? You know that child. child? (laughs) No, it's true because my first did not sleep through the night, like forever. It was horrible. Um, And then my second was like, he woke up once, one of the nights in the hospital. And then, like, he slept all night. He took mm-hmm. nice long naps. Like, he was so <laughs> easy. It was ridiculous. I felt like I was on vacation. And then he started walking. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he has not looked back. He's like, woo, I can get into everything possible. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that, that was, that's been an adventure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We just made a makeshift bed for her. Yeah. It's yeah. Funny. She's, I just sent you, a, well, it, it'll come to your WhatsApp whenever my phone connects. But it, um, the, it, it's a couple pillows in a laundry basket with a, with a oh. cloth over it. And she's. she's oh, oh, I see her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She does. She looks blissful. <laughs> Chilling. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and what I'm. What I'm discovering is that it's just so different for everybody. Like, you know, from Mm -hmm. the pregnancy experience to what our bodies do after some babies sleep, some don't, Mm -hmm. but it's no matter what it is, it's, it's always a surprise because you really don't know what's coming. Yep. And then they always say every baby is different too, right? Just like you were just saying. So my next one may be completely different yes, from her. Yes, if I have another. Yes, that's true. But but I, I, one question though, Marielle, um, you were lucky enough to have had mm. the experience of dealing with other people's children, your sisters, your um, your uncles, and all of those things. Yeah. But for someone who may not have had mm. those experiences, what advice would you give that person? I would say if you're going, if you're gonna have. A kid. I would say try to get around people that have kids. <laughs> I would say that. I would say that. I would say do the YouTube research I just did because <laughs> that helps me a lot. I mean, watch and literally, I would literally just I would be watching people just live their life, like you know, uh, people get up in the middle of the night to wash bottles because it's the only time they can get you mm-hmm. know to themselves to do those kind of chores. Um, I would also say don't believe the hype. The whole sleep when the baby sleeps thing is a nice idea, but who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to cook the food? Who's going to, how are you going to do all that? Yeah. <laughs> you need help. I have help. And still sleeping when the baby sleeps is like, okay, well, I hear you. That's nice and fairy. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't always work. Yeah. No, you know? I didn't. I very rarely did that because it made me want to cry. I, um, like they would take a nap and I'd be like, Whew, I'm going to get a good sleep. It would take me a while to go to sleep. And just as I was unconscious, they'd start screaming and I would want to like, ah! so <laughs> I couldn't do that. 
yeah the the sleeping thing is like they have a sixth sense i think yeah they have a sixth sense they know she'll be sleeping quite fine and i always you know how it is especially you think like okay she's sleeping good i can sleep but the thing about it is you're always like is she breathing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Do you, did, does she make the grunts and the noises? Because that was shocking. I was like, babies are loud. What's all this grunting? Grunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She does grunts and, and make noise. <laughs> but, but when they don't grunt, you wonder whether something is wrong with them. Yeah. I was constantly out yeah, of the bed. Even, like, is everything fine? Is yeah. Everything fine? <laughs> Yeah, so I I put um I put one of those baby monitors in the nursery that have a camera on it. So when she sleeps in the crib, it has it's a camera and a breathing monitor. Um, so when she sleeps in the crib and I'm in my room, I'll check on the phone instead of going in the room. But the funny thing is, I'm still waking up to check on my phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll roll over, I'll pull the phone, and I open the camera, and I'll be like, okay. She's good. <laughs> Go back to sleep. She's, she's breathing. Her chest is going up and down. And down. Yeah. Yep. And even in my room, I do that now. Like, I'll roll over and look at her. I'm like, so. Yeah. And if I can't tell because she's breathing, so like, whatever. Like, I can't tell the movements in her body. I'll put my hand mm-hmm. under her nose. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Newsflash. You still do that. Mother- like, I still do that. <laughs> my children yeah. are elementary school age. But I think all, all parents seem to, to have that trick. Let's check. We don't, we don't want to wake them up. We just want to make sure that some warm air is coming out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Yeah. It was funny because I, um, I posted on Instagram the other day that um, when we were small, mommy used to come into our bedroom at night and kill mosquitoes, right? And it used to be so annoying because she'll be slapping mosquitoes on the wall <laughs> and all this stuff. Now I do that. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, you know be a mosquito bites, and I'm like, oh no, because they get all big and blistered and stuff. Yeah. And like, oh gosh. So now I'm like, mosquitoes, get away from my baby. <laughs> but you know something? That brings us back to the fact that we all there are things that our parents did that we never really liked and as we grow older we find ourselves doing some of the same things isn't that something it is well you don't you never know it it baffles me sometimes when i watch my children doing things and i'm like oh my gosh why didn't you think three steps down the line and just not do that and the that's what the parents are doing like the annoying thing is because they realize what's going to happen in five minutes so they're trying to like, save you or save their, save their floor or the carpet or whatever it is. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just interesting to you know, have that vantage point um, being so different now. Yeah, I, I do think so. There's some things because Auntie Elsie, you mentioned, you know, there are things that you your parents did that you find yourself doing when you get older and i think it's it's true and i think there are things that you you do unconsciously and there are things that you might not want to repeat that you're like oh exactly, you know, uh-huh. exactly. You know, so like i try to find you know um yes. age appropriate and alternative ways of disciplining you know yeah um that that's like one of the things that i know but i know because that's how i was raised and because i've babysat some of my nephews 
things. And then there's things, you know, you definitely want to repeat. Like, of course, growing up, we always did, like, I, I don't want to call it formal, but technically it was formal, formal Sunday lunch. Mm-hmm. And we used to sit around the table and the table be set and have lunch. And mommy and daddy will ask everybody at the table, oh, how was your week at school? What did you do in school? And whatever. And you'll have to talk and you'll be telling a story or whatever. And of course, they're cor- correcting your grandma all along the way, which used to be annoying then. But I want to do that with my kids too. <laughs> Yes, because it taught you how to like socialize in a formal setting. You know, I remember going to like a um, there's this charity dinner called Poor Man's Dinner um that they used to do at Hilton, and it's basically you pay a hundred dollars and you have soup, and all the money goes towards um helping the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very like it's a fancy dinner, but the food that is served is basically poor man's food, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember going to that dinner with mommy. I was like maybe 10 or 11. And I was one of the only kids that knew how to like properly eat with a spoon. That you're supposed to break your bread and put the butter on it, not cut it with a knife and fork. Like, And I learned that because of those Sunday lunch things that we used to do at home. And it wasn't, it didn't feel like anything special. It's just what we did, uh-huh. you know. It's Sunday Sunday lunch and you have Sunday lunch around the table or whatever and you set the table and all that but we learned a lot of etiquette and stuff in that process you know yeah right right the West Indian upbringing true it's true yeah. well this has been fun yeah is there anything else that you um would want to to share about just the the now what experience of becoming a mom um well uh, I go back to work on the 5th of July oh, wow. and that's a big now what for me <laughs> mm. um, because as much as I well so it sounds nice oh well, you're an entrepreneur you set your own schedule yeah that's nice to say but the reality is your clients set your schedule in reality if you want to make mm-hmm. money so I have a I have a major contract with an old company of mine so I could only take two months of of leave essentially without it maybe disrupting my contract, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm back to work, but, you know, um, I work remotely, which means I work from home. So I'm going to be working from home with a newborn. Oh. Um, so that's a big now what, but I guess I'll figure it out. I think that's probably the little nugget, right? The now what's aren't going to stop, <laughs> like with everything. Yeah. It's going to just keep continuing. Like, oh, she's got to go to daycare. She's got to go to preschool. Uh-huh. It's, it's always mm-hmm. going to be something else happening. Yes, and you're gonna have to figure it out. It's you funny know? before you you jumped on. I was talking to mom about you know how work is different now um, post pandemic, and I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I remember the mornings having a full day set up, whether it was you know seeing patients or doing something else, and picking up a baby whose body was just too hot, and knowing oh my gosh, today is not going to be what I thought it was. Like we just have to figure this out. Um, and so I think yeah. working is such a, a, a joy at times and, and something that fulfills a lot of people, but with mm-hmm. children, yeah, there's a, there's so much to figure out. Yep. Like I, do, I like I have, like my aunt comes down, I say my aunt, like you don't know who it is, <laughs> down to, to help me sometimes babysit because, you know, she's not vaccinated yet and COVID is a real thing. So like, I don't take her out of the house. Oh yeah. Um, 
especially like if like this morning we went for a drive. I had to drop something for a client, but I didn't have to come out the car. So I took over the drive for that. But if I have to come out of the car, I don't take her with me. Um, and it's like, that's all well and good. But like when it comes to like full days of video call meetings and stuff like that, like how is this going to work? And I really don't know the answer. <laughs> and I don't think I will know it until I start doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I guess learning by doing is the name of the game right now. Yeah, yeah. So, and just know that there, you know, many have have survived. So yep. there's hope. Yep. Exactly, exactly. That is actually very helpful. Every time I kind of feel like, how are we going to do this? And it's like, and you're not the first person to to raise a baby. There are people with much less support than I have mm-hmm. that do really well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, listen, we wish you the best and keep sending pictures. Oh, yes. Okay. No problem. She's okay. so cute. <laughs> so cute. Thank you. Uh, well, I know, you know, you're, you're a mom, you're busy, but thank you so much for giving us some of your time and your perspective oh, on no all problem. this. We really appreciate it. It was good to talk to you guys. Good, no good to talk to you too. A big thank you to Ms. Marielle Desitage. Thank you for your insight and sharing your experience with us. So this week we talked about bringing a new baby home. On our next show, we're gonna talk about when those babies fly the nest. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate and subscribe to At The Same Time on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss a single episode. We'd love for you to connect with us online. Our website is sametimepod.fireside.fm. You can also follow us on Twitter, at sametimepod. Music by purpleplanet.com. Copyright 2021 by Nikkel Rogers Wood, PhD, and Elsa Rogers, PhD.